Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Narak Kalia. It is September 28, 2023. Hope you're all doing well on this Thursday. As always, you can find more of me and my content across several platforms including Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Zencaster, and many other platforms. Uh, definitely check out any episodes you've missed of the NFL season so far. My week three uh, recap should be soon enough coming out or posted in some time, so give that a listen as well. Um, in today's episode, I want to talk a little bit NBA, um, which I haven't done in a while. Um, and then I will get into week four, which kicks off tonight, uh, featuring a obviously a classic NFC North rivalry. Um, so stay tuned for that. And obviously my analysis and picks on other games this weekend. So yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, the NBA season is about a month or so away. And, you know, there's been obviously a fair share of things been going on, right, um, throughout the off season, And two of the biggest names that were kind of under watch to see how it kind of unfold. Uh, names were Damian Lillard and James Harden. And after quite a bit of uh, offseason and months, Damian Lillard has now... Uh, been traded from the Portland Trailblazers after being there for about 11 seasons or so. He's been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, he will now be joining Giannis in Milwaukee uh, with Chris Middleton uh, to go after another championship, right? And gotta say, throughout the offseason, throughout this whole thing, you were just wondering, right? When was Portland going to make the move? Or were they going to really honor Damian Lillard's request? And Damian Lillard obviously had been the person in Portland for a number of years. He was the guy. He was the franchise guy. Um, and this trade just, you know, signified what everybody already knew about the Portland Trailblazers and their direction. They were just never going to be a team that was going to be able to attract big-time talent or be able to compete at a high level with the other teams in the... You know, Western Conference. You know, time and time again, this team, right, underperformed, had quick playoff exits. Right, they were only really good and competitive, and they had Lillard, McCollum, you know, a few other players there. Um, and so they were already heading down a path that they had to kind of tear down and rebuild. Um, they obviously made that a little more clear in the draft, you know, earlier this year and so um, it's a big move for Damian Lillard um, you think about it there was a lot of reports about him wanting to be in Miami and join Miami um, and it was surprising to see that not happen and the only thing uh, here's one thing although Jimmy Butler going on Twitter and talking about tampering and all this uh, like when it comes to trade, when it comes to situations like this, I mean, you gotta put your. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler, honestly, and <laughs> saying this is being a little bit petty, in my, in my opinion, because I know he's a competitor. Yes, they were 
right there in the NBA Finals last year, competing right uh, against the Denver Nuggets for a championship, right? Uh, but all this talk about like tampering and do this or do that, like you're being a little bit petty on the color. I mean, you're you're a great player, Jimmy Butler. Your team got to the NBA Finals without Damian Lillard last year. Uh, you've got a couple of players who are you know young and got experience playing, right? And so for you to come out and say that, I mean, I honestly, I mean, it's just not something you should be saying. I mean, you're the ultimate competitor and, you know, the trade didn't go your way. And you got to question, you can't question the Bucks or anything. You got to question your, your own team. How Pat Riley had exposed to this front office, right? It did not meet what the Portland Trailblazers wanted. As simple as that, <laughs> in my opinion. I mean, they got, in this trade, right, they got Drew Holiday. Um, I believe they also got DeAndre Aiden in this in this trade, right? A couple of draft picks, uh, you know, another player or so. I mean, look at this, this trade. I mean, Portland got fair value for what they wanted, right? They wanted two proven, experienced, solid players that could be, be on their roster. And that's what they got. Now, Drew Holiday may not end up remaining there in Portland, but that remains to be seen is that they wanted to address that. Miami had a number of players, and you look at what Miami did, everybody's talking about this and that. If they had trade for Damian Lillard, right, uh, they wouldn't have the depth then uh, after that. They would be gutted in terms of depth and their talent around Butler and Adebayo. So, from one standpoint, you get it. Now, he did beat the Bucks last year, right, in five games or whatever, and that probably makes it more easy for Jimmy Butler to say what he's saying. Uh, but you've got to give credit to the, to the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Their feet were under the fire, uh, to put it that way, because Giannis had talked about, what, in the offseason, right? And dealing with the knee thing and having a procedure. We talked about, you know, there were questions about Giannis being long-term in Milwaukee, right? He was talking a certain way about wanting to win a championship, competing the right mindset, right? They have a new head coach there. Um, I believe in Nick Nurse, or um, I believe I'm getting that right. Or not Nick Nurse, but they have a coach, right? I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. But, you know, they have a situation where Giannis... Obviously, wasn't talking about extension talks, signing another long-term contract. All right, uh, you look at the roster itself; they underperformed last year, even despite winning a lot of number of games. And so, for Giannis, this is a big deal because he gets a point guard and Damian Lillard, a superstar, to join him. Who can shoot the ball, who can do a lot of number of things for him. Um, you know, he doesn't have to be the pr- the primary person all the time. Uh, they've got better shooting, you know, better scoring from, from a standpoint, right? So, giving Milwaukee credit, like, you know, like unlike Miami, they they wanted to go and make a big change in terms of making sure that they retain their talent and they retain their their, their superstar. Right so now, you have Giannis and Lillard together. That's a really dangerous, lethal, explosive type of you know, two, you know, two-man thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, to see how they would play together remains to be seen. But 
know, you look at what David Lillard can do in terms of scoring and putting it on, what Giannis can do defensively. I mean, it's a great uh, addition for the Milwaukee Bucks because you still have Chris Middleton, you have Bobby Porters, and you got Brooke Lopez. All right. So, I mean, Milwaukee has got a really solid starting five in terms of depth and experience and guys who can get after it offensively and defensively, right? They have the shooting, and Drew Hall is an excellent player, has always been an excellent player, but Damian Lillard obviously can score, can do a number of things on the court. Um, it's just going to be better um, in that system, with the, playing with the Giannis, right? The pick and roll game is going to be good, you know, the resistance is going to be good, so... From that standpoint, it's an excellent move. Now, the Suns got right involved in this trade as well. And they got quite nurtured and you know, Keon Johnson and a few other players. The Suns kind of added a little more depth around Bradley Beal, um, you know, and, you know, Kevin Durant and, you know, Devin Booker. So, from the Suns' standpoint, they addressed even more depth on their team with this addition. I think it bodes well for the Suns to have, like, like pretty much a guy that, you know, they got nurtured now, right? So, that's going to be a big plus with their front court, right? Because now you obviously move off from Aiden, right? So, now you have Nurchik in there. So, the Suns are going to look a lot better in some aspects. The Blazers, like I said, they have... You know, pick swaps and things like that. Um, so I look at this trade, and it's a big win for pretty much every single team. It's, you know, except maybe Portland, in the sense that Portland obviously had, you know, a superstar, and yeah, they got some notable pieces back in return. But you know, they, they're a team that's clearly, he- he- you know, heading in that direction of like they got to rebuild and tear down a little bit. Um, and you know they're not going to be as obviously as as good as they were uh, without Damian Lillard, right? Because there was a drop off already when you know when McCollum left, right? Now you don't have Nurchik there, so I don't see the Blazers being that great. Like just like draft compensation and those things they did well, but otherwise from a basketball standpoint of view, the Trailblazers are definitely going to be going down. The Suns and the Bucks, on the other hand, um, are going to be much better. Um, and I think that this move for the Milwaukee Bucks puts them right back in the conversation. Uh, you know, again, you know, being in Boston, being, being in Miami. And for Miami, yeah, this is a big deal because they've been trying to chase after a number of big players over the years. And they just haven't been able to get it done. And Pat Riley, obviously, is a Hall of Famer. He knows what he's doing. Uh, but he didn't push all the chips in his table for to get Damian Lillard, right? And Jimmy Butler probably is you know, upset about that, probably. Uh, but the truth is that if Miami had made this trade anyways for Damian Lillard, um, the surrounding talent around, you know, that centerpiece of Lillard, Adebayo, and, and, and Jimmy Butler may not have been good enough. Right, and I also think that Damian Lillard and Jimmy Butler, right, they both love to have the ball in their hands a lot. So I think that was going to be a problem. The Giannis, I think he's, you know, really good at playing off the ball and doing his thing. And this allows Giannis to be even better 
uh, in certain areas, you know, because he's going to have the ball in his hands constantly, uh, making things happen, you know, on one-on-one situations. So I like the move for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think it definitely adds some excitement for his NBA season, right, new additions, right, and different spots. I mean, it's going to be really, really competitive in the Eastern Conference this year. Um with all the additions and things the teams did in the offseason. Uh, you expect to see a lot of good things from, from the Eastern Conference this year as well. Um, so it should be fun to see what what ultimately ends up happening, right, and what, what what we see happen on the basketball court. So now I want to transition um, and get into the NFL. And week four of the NFL 2023 2024 season kicks off tonight, uh, featuring a number of top games, and the game, one of the top games that I'm looking forward to, kicks off tonight between the Green Bay Packers hosting the Detroit Lions. Now, both teams are 2-1 uh, here in the NFC North. This is an early big divisional game for both teams as, you know, there's obviously Packers and Lions have, have always been it's always been a historic, interesting rivalry over the years with the way that the Packers have played and have had some pretty close finishes against the Lions. The Lions obviously ended the Packers' hopes last year to making the playoffs. But this game definitely has uh, a lot going on, right? You have two coaches in Dan Campbell and Matt LaFleur who are trying to gain an early edge this season with their teams. Um... The Packers, the sorry, the Vikings and the Bears are over 0 and three. I didn't see the Vikings being this way early on in the season. So here you have the Packers once again in the thick of things, and the Lions are definitely, excuse me, new in this spot in terms of they are a favorite, right, to win the division this year, a favorite to make the playoffs this year, and now they're playing the Packers, right, again um, in a big time slot on that, you know, prime time TV. And so I look at this game, right, and uh, it's really going to be interesting to see how both Jared Goff and Jer- Jared Goff and Jordan Love do play, you know, tonight. Because look at Jared Goff; he's had some of his best performances um, against, you know, the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers are hoping to defensively find answers in terms of. They've been solid for the most part, right? But they're looking to kind of find answers against that Detroit Lions offensive line, right? The Lions offensive line did wear them out a little bit last time they played, you know, last season, the final game of the season. You know, you saw that Lions offensive line win up front and be able to wear down the Packers and they had to kind of seal the game at the end. And so how does this Packers defense respond? Are they going to be able to find ways to get pressure and to stop uh, the Lions in, in terms of trying to set in the tone, right? And the Packers will have a couple of maybe additions back on offense, right? They will have maybe their tag of the bit, you know, Bakari. They'll have Aaron Jones possibly back. Maybe Christian Watson will be back. Um, so the Packers may get some much-needed, um, you know, additions back to, the, to their offense, right? Um, you know, look at the Detroit Lions. Um, they're hoping that they continue to build off, you know, the win last week that they had. Um, you know, they are a team that 
you look at it, they have the offensive personnel. They've got Simone St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, and a few other players. And Stan Laporte has been a big part of their tight end game. I'm just interested to see how, you know, David Montgomery, Jamar Gibbs look against this Packers uh, defense. Um, I think in this game, there will be opportunities for both teams to take shots, you know, play action deep down the field. Um, I think a big key, although, for the Packers to win this game at home is really they got to get off to a much better start offensively than they did last week, right? They fell behind by, you know, 16, 17 points right last week. And they came back and won that game. Uh, so for Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur, um, they've got to find ways to get off to a good start offensively, make things happen um, in terms of running the football and, you know, converting some early situations in this game to put up points. You know, you want to give your defense an opportunity to play with the lead um, and get after it, um, you know, in the pass rush. So, I mean, it's a game in which the Lions secondary definitely is, you know, much more improved. Now, they don't have, um, and they have a few injuries back there, but look at this Lions defense. They, you know, they're looking to kind of build off their pass rush, be better in the back end. Um, so, I mean, can Jordan Love consistently get it done, right? Can he uh, continue to play at a high level? Because he's played well so far early on in this, in the, you know, in, this, in the first couple of games. But uh, the Lions definitely can throw a lot of different things at him. And so, how well can Jordan Love play on third down in the end zone? Um, you know, are they going to be able to convert those situations? In key spots is the key. And then for Jared Goff and the Lions, right, this is a game that you feel like you can win. You have the experience, obviously. Um, you've got to come out and play a lot better. And it's about balance for the Lions, right? That's this offensive line has to show up and play at a high level. And they, have, you know, they want to win this game. They've got to be able to convert situations into points. Um, and... I mean, this game, I think, will be a close one because I think both teams obviously have answers. Um, and I think for the Lions, more importantly, is you know, Dan Campbell, how aggressive are you going to be, right, in terms of this game, play calling-wise, situational-wise. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch, um, you know, what that, that looks like. Um, you know, now the Lions, look at how they played last week. Right, they won twenty to six, but it wasn't really a dominant performance. Right, they're hoping to do that tonight, and in order to do that, they're going to need more from Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, this, is a, this is the type of game where Aiden Hutchinson uh, got to show up and make some big plays. The Lions need some turnovers to expect them. The Packers, I think, for this defense, you know, you want to put Jared Goff in long and third down situations. Um, you want to put the Lions in a position where they can't really, you know, wear you down. So that's going to be the key of time possession and turnovers. So I look at this game and I think it's going to be one in which I think both both quarterbacks will just throw one touchdown or so in this game. Um, although when it comes down to it, I think that uh, I think the Lions um, are going to find a way to pull this one out. I think that 
the game will play out probably very similar to what what it looked like last season in terms of like you know coming down to the wire. And I think that Jared Goff and this Lions offense is going to be able to put up just enough, I think, towards the end to to win this game. I think they'll find a way to stretch it a little bit and get key possession here and there. And I think that they will find a way to beat the Packers at Lambeau Field. Um, I think their defense shows up and plays really well against the run. I think they make Jordan Love throw the ball a lot more. And I think that they will capitalize on a couple of opportunities in this game. And so I took the Lions to win at Ambo Field and win this early NFC North battle. Hey everyone, I'm back with another segment of today's episode and I want to continue with my preview of my top games of week 4 of the NFL 2023-2024 season. Um, I had talked about the Lions and the Packers being a highly anticipated match that I'm looking forward to and that obviously will be happening tonight so should be hopefully a good one to talk about and react to. Uh, when it's all said and done, maybe. Uh, but obviously, the, the notable games that are pretty important, pretty interesting uh, to keep an eye out on as we get into this early part of the NFL season. Kind of reaching the quarter mark, right, or so. Um, and obviously, with the longer season, right, most teams still are in it, right? You know, one and two, two and one, you know, the teams that are undefeated. There's just a lot um, that can happen, no, you know, from now and then. And some teams are just trying to keep their hopes alive. Some teams are just trying to continue to have the edge in terms of the their division. And so a big game that's coming up this weekend is between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Now, these teams are really, obviously, are really talented. You know, and Miami and Buffalo both made the playoffs last year. They both actually met in the playoff. I think uh, either it was a divisional round or a wild card round, one of those two. And obviously, the Bills won that matchup. But in that, you know, that playoff game, obviously, Dolphins didn't have Tua, right? And you just kind of want to see this early season matchup, right? And Miami Dolphins have been incredible in terms of an offense. They've been putting up points. Uh, their speed, their efficiency in the run game has been really great. Um, and you want to see if that can continue to happen um, in this game against Buffalo, right? And the Bills are a team that we've been, they've been knocking on the door, trying to knock on the door, but they've come up short the uh, last few years in the postseason. So there's a lot of factors for both teams, right? Two was obviously looking to prove himself, play his first playoff game. Um, you know, he's looking to get, get to that point, hopefully, this season. And so this will be a unique matchup. Both defenses have quite a bit of talent on the front line. And they look at the secondary for both teams. Um, there's obviously some good good talent there as well. So this is a game in which you really want to see uh, Tua and Josh Allen kind of make their mark. Now, I will say that at this point in the season... Who, who would need it more, in my opinion, who need, which quarterback needs to win more, 
I'm going to have to say it's Josh Allen and the Bills, only from the standpoint, because Miami, uh, look, they're a young team that's coming along. They've got talent everywhere. They've got a defense that's surging. The Miami Dolphins are just kind of getting, maybe they're going to be entering the pitcher, maybe, potentially, right? It all depends on Tua. And it all depends on his health, his mobility, his longevity in the season. For Josh Allen and the Bills, right, they're trying to capitalize on a window here, a, a time where, like, we already know what happened in the offseason, throughout the offseason, and playoff loss. And so the Bills are looking to be dominant. They're looking to prove themselves. They're trying to get that number one seed, and that's what it comes down to for the, for the Buffalo Bills. What they have not had um, is number one seed, the number one seed home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. All right, granted, yes, last year they had a good season or so, right? But they they need to show up in those home playoff games and win. They did that. They did that in one game, right, in the playoffs last year, and one game they did not. And so they've got to be able to continue to show that they're a good team. Now, they're a team that's won the division after the past few seasons. So from that standpoint, yes, if somebody wondering why I'm saying it, it's a more important for Josh Allen, just because I think that you look at this Bills team, you're either going to get it done at this point, or you're going to have to tear some things down and get back up. And the Bills have talent. They've got a number of talented players, but with contract situations, right, with with personnel changes, with players wanting to get paid, and you know whatnot, or players wanting to look for better opportunity, that's going to happen. So there's going to be a lot of turnover for the Bills roster at some point. You know, if they don't start winning, that will or start winning in the key moments uh, and these extended playoff runs or seasons that they do have. It's going to wear on them specifically. So, you know, I uh, I think that's important um, that the Bills find a way to uh, showcase their dominance because Miami, uh, you know, they've surrounded a lot of talent around Tua, this defense as well. And so I'm fascinated to see how Tua plays against this Bills defense. They obviously are going to have, they're going to try to take away Tyreek Hill. Right, Jalen Waddle may play in this game uh, off the concussion protocol, but you want to see can this Bills defense uh, and this secondary, this front four, kind of stop the Miami Dolphins rushing attack? The rushing attack was on fire last week against the Broncos, and so can the Bills do a good job against the run? Right? And can they make some timely plays against this Miami Dolphins team? Right? The Dolphins haven't committed many turnovers yet this season. And this is the kind of game the Buffalo Bills would have to do that in order for a chance to win. On Miami's side, you want to see their front pass rush make some plays, right? And get after Josh Allen. But you want to keep him in the pocket. You want to keep him contained enough so he doesn't make those big runs. Um, You know, and it's going to require a lot of discipline by Dick Vangio's defense. Um... You know, you, you want to take away Stephon Diggs, right, with Xavier Howard and Eli Apple. Um, but, you know, how well are you going to play uh, on third down? Are you going to be able to limit the Bills' field goals or be able to limit their drives early on? So I think for the Dolphins, it's more about you want to set the tone defensively. Offensively, if you're Tua, obviously you're playing, in a, you know, you've played the Bills before, you've 
been able to win. Uh, but can you take care of the football? Or can you avoid taking those unnecessary hits? Um, because no doubt the Bills will try to send pressure. And this Dolphins offensive line that they have built and offensive build around Mike McDaniel, you know, is all about the quick passing game, right? And so how well does he release the football in this game uh, will be very, very important. So I expect a really good game between both teams. And it's always come down to the wire with these two teams. They've always had a game or so. The last few times they've met, every, uh, I think every game has been decided by at least one score or less. And so I think the same thing is going to happen in this game. Although, having said what I said about Josh Allen, the Bills needing this more, I just don't think that the Dolphins are going to slow up. I think they are going to continue to play at a high level. Um, they should be able to do as much um, that they did against the, against the Broncos, right? Um, in terms of, like, they spread the Bills out. I don't really see how the Bills defense is going to be able to hold them. Um, you know, in, in a shootout of this kind, if it, if it becomes a shootout or, you know, high-scoring game, I just don't know the Bills have enough offense to keep up with the Miami Dolphins. Um, and so I think that you're going to see the Dolphins come away with, with more points probably on a lot of their possessions than the Bills will. And so from that standpoint, I think that the, the Miami Dolphins go into Buffalo and get the win. I think they play much better defense. And then they take the ball a little bit away from Josh Allen. Um, Bills will play a good game. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. Uh, but I just don't see the Dolphins... Uh, offense slowing down. I think they're going to be able to break a few big plays here and there against the Bills. And so I'll pick the Dolphins to win at Buffalo uh, in this game. Next game that uh, should be a really interesting one, uh, a top game to watch this this weekend, is also a division uh, rivalry matchup, and that is between the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Ravens are coming off a pretty disappointing home loss to the Indianapolis Colts, in which their offense struggled a little bit in overtime to convert some opportunities, right? Uh, no doubt the injuries to the Ravens wide receivers like Beckham, Rashad Bateman have taken a huge impact on Lamar Jackson and his offense, right? They haven't fully gelled yet in this Todd Monken's offense, right? You've seen glimpses of Lamar Jackson being good here and there. Last week, obviously, he did it with his his mobility, right? Having over 100 yards rushing and two, two touchdowns. But this is the kind of game, I think, that for Lamar Jackson, he's got to take over um, as a player that we know he is, the MVP that he has proven to be. Whether they have, you know, Dale Beckham back or Rashad David fully healthy or a couple other players back, you want to see Lamar Jackson, like, show out, have one of those breakout games that made him... A, you know, a, you know, a highly talented player, uh, worthy of this contract that he got, right? I mean, this is a time for Lamar Jackson to show out and prove himself, right? He didn't pass well last week, you know, so you want to see him air it out a little bit, try to attack this Cleveland Browns team that is playing well. Their defense is a big reason why that, that they, they sit in this position is because Miles Garrett is a Darius Smith. Um, you know, their secondary has done an excellent job of being able to be physical up front, 
you know, not letting things in the back end get too much exposed. And so I think that uh, this is a game in which the Browns' defense is going to be tested by how well Baltimore can attack them, not only in the middle of the field, but in the running game. And uh, look at the Browns and what they've been able to do so far this season, right? With Deshaun Watson, they've been able to have their moments of having a strong running game at times. Uh, so Nick Chubb's injury does hurt them. Um, but they've been able to find ways to put up points, put up drives. And I think for Lamar Jackson, the key for him is, I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson, the key for Deshaun Watson is really being able to play smart, play clean football. You don't want to give the Ravens opportunities to take the ball away. You want to be able to make smart throws. And so Amari Cooper obviously is getting a fair share of targets, but you know Elijah Moore started to come on a little bit last week. Uh, they got to open up this offense a little bit more to the tight ends as well. So if you're if you're Cleveland, you're Deshaun Watson, you've got to be able to spread it out, take some chances, but establish also a running game, keep the balance. So you're not in those long situations on third down and you're able to convert. But this is on Watson also showing case how good he is. And so you have this quarterback matchup, right? And it's all about which quarterback can really just make the most of their offense opportunities in this game. Um, and look, the Ravens defense, um, and there's been a lot of talk about them not getting to the quarterback enough. This is the kind of game which they should be able to do a lot more damage, I think, inside getting after... Um, you know, Deshaun Watson. I think the Ravens need to have more of that. Uh, but their offense has to pick up pick up a little bit. You got to see more of Mark Andrews being a factor in this offense. Uh, you got to see the playmakers for the Baltimore Ravens uh, make a lot more plays than they have so far. And so uh, it could be a really interesting game where I think Deshaun Watson could have a lot of good moments. I think Lamar Jackson can have moments. Who am I going to pick to win this matchup? I'm going to go with Baltimore. I think their defense response from last week and how things ended. I think their offense. Um, I think the Ravens offense does a lot more this time around being able to uh, maximize more possessions into points. I don't think they'll be, be as um you know, in the system, I think you'll see John Harbaugh and Todd Monken have something better dialed up this week. And I think that Baltimore will find a way to win in Cleveland. Uh, I think in a fourth quarter situation, I think Lamar Jackson will get it done and he'll put the game away. Now, another interesting game uh, that's on my radar for week four uh, between two undefeated teams. And that is between the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears. Now, you're probably thinking, why am I saying out of all the, out of all the games I could pick from, this is the one that I have on my radar. Well, the Broncos and the uh, Chicago Bears were supposed to be better. Right, early in this part of this season, right? There's a lot of optimism for both teams. Right, you have on one side you have the Broncos, right? Uh, you know, they went they cleaned out everything last year, right? From Daniel Hackett and everything. 
brought in Sean Payton, Hall of Fame coach, or potential Hall of Fame coach, Super Bowl winning coach from the New Orleans Saints, right? Sean Payton was supposed to come in and do a number of things to change this team's culture, their ways, and they have gotten off to a rough start. They are 0-3. Uh, you've seen mistakes uh, with time management, with execution, um, with leaves being blown. Uh, it's not been great in all phases for the Broncos. And Sean Payton uh, is trying to find answers, find solutions. Uh, they got embarrassed last week against the Miami Dolphins, 70-20. So... The Broncos they have, a, they have a new ownership group as well. And so they have a lot of things going for them that are, are not so good, right? Their defense has struggled. Injuries have taken up a little bit of a toll. Offensively, you're not seeing it all come together when it needs to be, right? You've seen Russell Wilson play a little bit better. You've seen his offensive line play a little bit better, but it hasn't always come through fully um, in a complete 60-minute performance. And so... The Broncos are definitely in a tough spot. And Sean Payton is going to get the benefit of the doubt. He's going, get, he's going to get time to kind of steer the ship in the right direction uh, for the Broncos going forward. On the other side, you have Matt Eberflus, the coach for the Bears, right? His second season, I want to say. Second or third season, right? Justin Fields was supposed to take a huge jump this season, right? Uh, same offensive coordinator for two straight years. They added DJ Moore, right? They added a tight end. Um, they went in, they went to try to address the offensive line a little bit. They addressed the defense as well, and the Bears have not done well at all. Uh, they have not been competitive enough to the point of winning a football game, right? Uh, you look at Week One; they lost to the Packers, right? And then you have. I think week two was against Tampa Bay. Um, and then week three, um, they were at, at the Chiefs. They've, they've been dealt a little bit of a tough hand to start of the season. But having said that, you expected more from this team as a whole, as a unit. You expect them to be much better. Um, the, uh, here you have Justin Fields talking about coaching here and there. you got a couple of players frustrated. Um... You've heard a lot of talk in Chicago just about what they're going to do, right? How they're going to get out of this hole. And those rumors people going to need to talk about, you know, a new quarterback and is the effort really there or not. So there's a lot of question marks for this Bears team. Mabriflus, if, if he continues to have losses pile up uh, this season, which I, I said before, when I preview the Bears early on uh, before the season, I had said I don't think they're going to win be that great, but you've got to be able to find a way to steer the ship a little bit and get some get a win at least two on the board. And this is a prime opportunity to possibly do that. Um, look at both teams, right? It really comes down to you know, can Justin Fields and Russell Wilson can they both put together? You know, who, who's going to put together a better performance all the way through, right? Who's going to make plays when it counts? Now, Russell Wilson has all that experience. Um, but he struggled, so he struggled at times. His first year, he struggled. He looked a little better in this in the second year now. Um, but it's about the complete performance, right? Are you going to be able to make plays when your when your team needs it? You know, 
which coach is going to be more aggressive in this game, right? Sean Payton or uh, Matt Eberflus, right? Because both teams need a win, and you've got to be able to find ways to pull that out of your team somehow, some way. And so this is really about effort, execution. You want to see the wide receivers for both teams and, you know, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, you know, Cameron Sutton emerge and play well. Uh, you want to see the running games for both teams show up. And you want to see if these defenses are going to be better than they looked a week ago, right? Uh, which defense is going to be able to make the plays that, that need to be made? Um, it's a big, big challenge for both teams in terms of playing a, a, a complete game, but they are playing each other. Um, I think that when it comes down to this game, like I said, it's going to be about execution and coaching. And I can't see Sean Payton. I can't see Sean Payton um, losing another one. Um, you know, I think the Broncos are going to find a way to win this game. I think that they've had their fair share of miscues the first few weeks. I think for the Broncos at this point in the season, if they have any chance of trying to keep pace with the Chargers or Kansas City or even Las Vegas for that matter they've got to get a win on their belt and I think this is the primary opportunity this defense is going to be hungry to, to take that taste that bad taste out of their mouth they had last week against the Miami Dolphins I think this Broncos defense shows up and then they play much better in the secondary uh, I think they don't give up big plays at all in this game I think they get after Justin Fields a little bit. Uh, I think that Fields will play maybe a little bit better, but I don't see the Bears with the firepower offensively or the coaching to be good enough to get them to get them a victory in this game. So I'm going to go with the Broncos to take this one in Chicago. And one of the final games that uh, at, at all the games the week before that on my radar uh, is actually the. Monday Night Football game between the Giants and the Seahawks. Now, to me, this is one of those games where uh, look, Seattle obviously um, has played better in the last few weeks, uh, or you know they had their first, you know they, they they played well for the most part, right? Like Seattle hasn't been they've been up and down a little bit. Um, but you've seen Pete Carroll and Geno Smith and this offense try to find footing a little bit here and there. Um, they also had one surprising loss to the to the Rams, obviously. Um, but they beat they beat the Lions, right? And then they beat Carolina. And so I look at this game as Monday Night Football. It's a prime time spot, right? And this is a situation where. Every single time the Giants have been in the situation with Daniel Jones, they've struggled to win in primetime games, right? They had a primetime slot against the Niners, couldn't win that one, right? Now, Saquon remains to be, uh, you know, an uncertain status. Andrew Thomas may come back and play in this game. So, for the Giants, it's all about, like, you know, you were a playoff team last year. Somehow, some way, right, you got into the playoffs, you played good football. Um, now is the question is that Daniel Jones got the contract, right? He got the big contract. They added a couple of wide receivers and a tight end and Darren Waller to the roster. So 
for the Giants, it's about, you know, you have your quarterback, you have your weapons offensively, right? You have a defense that is going to be hungry to get after it. You've got to be able to find maybe in a primetime slot game here. And so this could be a really interesting matchup because Seattle's got a lot of talent on the outside and Metcalf and Lockett. Some of the Titans are challenges the Giants' defense. And so it's going to be a big test for the Giants' defense to be able to limit Geno Smith and his offense from putting up points at a consistent basis. For Daniel Jones, it's all about can you play an even better game, right? Granted, yes, you don't have Saquon Barkley. You don't have, you know, your offensive line, one of your key offensive lines, right? But you got wide receivers. you got a little bit of talent around you. And this is one of those performances and, and things that Brian Dable was great at last year. And he's got to find a way to go out there and, and coach Daniel Jones extremely well. But Daniel has to himself execute. The Giants have not executed when they've, when they've needed to execute they have not executed enough. Um, that's got to change, I think, if they want to win this game. They're going to have tough games on their schedule. It's going to be hard for them to make the postseason with their schedule that they do have. It does look a tough. they got to find a way to win big-time games. Right? They beat the Cardinals. Was that overly impressive? Not really, right? Because they were, they were the better team. But they fell behind and they came back and won that game. And so the Giants is all about getting off to a fast start, not being sluggish as an offense. Gotta see more from the passing game against Seattle. That's the only way you're going to be able to beat Seattle, being able to offensively open it up a lot more. And you gotta see the passing game be on point because if it's not on point, the Giants are going to struggle to keep up. So the Seattle Seahawks, it's all about avoid turning the ball over, try to finish more in the end zone and finish more in your opponent's territory. If they let the Giants hang around and if, they, if Seattle gets to a point where they hit field goals again, like if they did last against Carolina, they keep hitting field goals and they keep the Giants in this game, they will end up losing. So Geno Smith and Pete Carroll, this offense, you got to finish in the end zone, you got to finish in, in, in and red zone territory. Um, and if you do that, you should be able to pull away in, early in this game. So, I mean, I think this could be a, a really solid matchup. Could be a, a, could be a close one. Um, but it, it's going to come down to quarterback play and, you know, being able to, being able to do things you know, at a good pace. And I think that Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, that quarterback matchup, I think Daniel Jones is going to have to play at a high level. It's not good enough for Daniel Jones just to be putting up 200 yards of offense, you know, touchdown, rushing or whatever. He's got to be able to win uh, and beat the secondary. And so I think that Giants get it done in Monday Night Football. I think that the primetime goals come to a little bit of an end for the Giants in this game. I think you'll see them play better offensively. I think the wide receivers they, they have in Hyatt and Campbell, uh, I think Waller, I think that you will see a lot more a better performance from them in this game. And I think the Giants end up winning. So there you have it. Uh, those are my top games that I'm looking forward to week four. I'm going to kind of go through my picks 
uh, one of the other games and what I'm looking forward to. Um, so yeah, as I said, I think that the Lions will 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 find a way to win tonight against the Packers. I've got the Jaguars beating the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I got Miami beating Buffalo, as I said. I got Denver beating Chicago. Uh, I got Baltimore beating Cleveland. Um, as for the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers and Houston Texans game, uh, I'm going to go Pittsburgh because of their defense. Uh, we got Minnesota and Carolina, two teams that are looking for their first win. The Vikings, I think, will get this one. I think offensively, they just have a better uh, roster and pass catching than the Carolina Panthers do. So I have that. I have the Vikings winning. I got the Rams beating the Indianapolis Colts in Indy. Uh, you got Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Uh, despite the Saints not having Derek Carr, I think that Saints get it done at home against Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Uh, you have Washington and Philly taking off with each other. Give me Philadelphia. I think their offense is going to be too much for Washington, ultimately. Uh, I got Cincinnati beating Tennessee Titans on the road. Um, I got the Chargers beating the Las Vegas Raiders at home. I've got the Cardinals losing to the 49ers in San Francisco. And last but not least, Kansas City and the Jets. I don't know how well, you know, the Jets will respond to having the type of week that they've had with all the comments made about Zach Wilson, what Aaron Rodgers has said, what Robert Sala has said. Um, could be a close game, but I just don't think that the Jets are going to have enough to keep up with Kansas City, you know. I think that um, it is one of those games in which Kansas City... If they get a big lead, they're not going to surrender that. So, I want to pick Kansas City to win this game. I think that the Jets will try to keep it close early. But if they fall behind, if they can offensively get it going, um, a lot of other changes are definitely going to be on the horizon for this team and this roster. Um, but I think that Kansas City, where they played last week, if they continue to do the same thing this week against the Jets, uh, this game... Uh, will be over quickly. So there you have it for my picks for week four of the NFL season. Looking forward to breaking down all the action, recapping all the NFL games from from this weekend. Um, So thank you for listening. Into another episode of Real Sports Talk by Niraj Kalia. And take care, guys. Have a great weekend.